Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on Taurus Tech Talk. For myself, Robert Parsons, I also have my counterpart, Corey Church, here. Today joining us, we've got Tyler with New Line and Jordan with New Line. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Glad to yeah? be here. How's everything going today? Good, good, good. I'm starting off the morning on a podcast, so I can't really complain. Yeah. I wish it was Mimosa Friday. This is going to be your best ever Thursday uh, podcast. It very well, it very well could be. <laughs> so, um, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about how you came to be at New Line, where your career path took you. We'll start with Jordan. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, I'm a college graduate of Texas Tech. Boom. So I got to like throw that up here. Like I, know the, I know the Taurus <laughs> family has some of those there. Um, but out of college, joined the uh, copier biz, actually, was, uh, I guess, my first gig. Um, spent a lot of time with Xerox, Konica Minolta, some of the bigger manufacturers, uh, selling straight to businesses. Um, Did you guys have a lot of... Um, a lot of pictures up or memes of office space. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, when they're beating up it's, a copier and stuff like got, that. Kind of got to be around yeah. there, right? Yeah, and then uh, except of, don't beat up your copiers. Correct. Hold on, I think the real question is: Do you ever get tired of that question? <laughs> no, actually, I don't, because there's other memes that people have never heard of. Like uh, a lot of our customers would put Bob Marley on the copier because it'd always be jamming. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he had. A, Forgot his name from SNL, but making copies. Oh, you know? yeah. oh so, yeah. So there's all kinds of copier humor that I uh, kind of forget about until you're actually talking about them every day. Okay. What yeah. side of the copier business were you on? Sales or service? Or? Uh, sales. Sales? Yeah, so, I mean, I was knocking on doors, getting kicked out of buildings to, to try to sell as many copiers as I could. Like, so. like literally walking in the front door, like we, we yep. get guys come in and I've got a meeting with uh, your facilities manager today at, at noon. Oh, yeah. I was that guy. Oh, uh, no. Uh -huh, yeah. Oh, no. Well, I mean, it, it toughened my skin. All right, so uh, on, 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 to, <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah, right. You know where the... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But as you can... I mean, as you can imagine... That's, uh, a, that's a hard job to do because you've got to be super confident and you, you've, you've got to like... I, I just... I don't know if I could do it. So kudos that you're even... I'm not like, doing it anymore. And yeah, well, no, it's but hard. <laughs> you had the ability to do it. Yeah. That's... Well, I appreciate that because, um, you know, it's not like a glorious sales profession. You're like, uh, what do you do? Uh, I sell copiers, you know. But, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of skills learned. Um, the technology is really cool. I mean, copiers have computers in them. So I learned a lot there. But um, I had the opportunity to kind of leave that industry, and I joined the direct side of Sharp uh, to be their visual solution specialist. So I led the efforts here in Texas for things like video walls, digital signage, um, interactive displays, and that's kind of where I got my passion for that, this technology in this market. And um, kind of got tired of losing to Tyler. We used to go head-to-head -head at expos and events and things, and so as soon as I saw the opportunity come up um, on LinkedIn, I jumped on it. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Tyler, what about yourself? So also Texas Tech product here, so mm -hmm. judge as you will. But <laughs> I uh, joined New Line right out of college, actually, so it's, I think, a bit of a funny story, a bit of a long-winded one, but it uh, was basically I'm the last man standing as far as employees go. So I was very early on with uh, Chris and Kevin, our president and CEO. So it all started basically with a rogue phone call from one of my friends from college who became a headhunter. So a lot of them were from Dallas. They moved to Dallas. I'm from out West Texas. And I was on the roof of a house working for my father who owns a bunch of rental property. So I was in limbo in the summer waiting for jobs to hit, sent out some applications, studying mechanical engineering. 
And, and at that time, sitting on a, a roof in the middle of the summer. About 101 degrees. Anything sounds great. I in West just, Texas. Somebody was, says, hey, man, you want to go, go drive an ice cream truck? I'm like, about yeah. it. Let's, let's go. So I was, and luckily it ended up being New Line. So Sydney was her name. She uh, called Kevin, our CEO, and Kevin on the, the caller ID saw blah, blah, blah consulting. Well, he thought it was someone calling for a young sales engineer fresh out of college type position and sydney was calling to place an office accounting like front office position so kevin picked up the phone and then they got to talking and sydney was basically like look i've got the perfect guy for you which was a stretch to say the least but then she immediately <laughs> well, that's, that's what they do exactly yeah she was good at her job so she called me and i was on the house just at the roof of the house just covered in sweat and then she was like can you this was on a monday can you be in dallas on a wednesday for an interview for new line interactive I was like, what's a new line interactive? Absolutely, I'm, I'm on my way. So went down to Dallas for a Wednesday interview, thought it was a one-day interview. Um, I was going to drive back to Dallas that night, or back to Amarillo that night. Turns out that did the interview, Chris and Kevin were like, hey, can we, uh, you know, can you come by tomorrow for an interview? You know, go hang out at a Starbucks for a little bit. We'll call you, we may need you tomorrow. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. You're not yanking my chain here. Wore the exact same pair of clothes to the second interview. I was not planning on this. I think we've all done that. Yep. So then Thursday happened. Interviews went great. Took a, a very hard test, an incredibly hard test that anyone that's applied at New Line knows that this test is just, it's ridiculous. And it, for, for the better, for design, but ended up passing that test. And then they said, hey, can you go sit at a Starbucks for an hour? We, we got to talk this over. We may need you to come over on Friday. This is, you know, part of how this goes. You know, you're doing very well. So I was like, all right, if you're not yanking my chain, of course. I'm not on the roof of a house, so absolutely, let's go do this. We're the same pair of clothes to the third interview. Consistency. Consistency, yes. Yep. And then, you know, you, at some point there, you could have like gone shopping. See, I mean, and that was <laughs> it. I had just graduated college. Like I, I literally came down with zero dollars. I spent all the money that I had on a new vehicle because I knew I was going to get a job somewhere outside of Amarillo, so I needed something reliable. So that was, I was making the best of what I had, <laughs> essentially. I so I ironed everything out, went to the third interview, and then that was a Friday. They sent me home, and then on Sunday it was basically, "Hey, when can you start?" So that's so. That's did they ask down. about? Did they ask about the clothing? <laughs> they had no idea. I don't even know if they were noticed to this day if that was the hmm. case. So I've told the story to a bunch, but I don't think I've ever actually told it to Chris and Kevin. That would be funny. I would like to know if they noticed because I know when I conduct interviews, I notice everything exactly shoes socks pants belt color i mean not that i'm the most color coordinated fellow on the planet but but on the interviewing side i'm i'm living that world now and interviewing folks yeah. and i'd notice the same stuff and so, so you're I, gonna be okay if you interview but somebody and you're like mm, yeah, like okay i, can, I gotta catch you a little bit of slack so depending on the circumstances <laughs> well third day i would be asking like is this you are you okay yeah is this a cartoon uh, what is yeah. going on here or and and your answer as an interviewee and for everybody out there in public land your answer is, I'm wildly consistent and reliable. I'm here for you. What do you need me to do? Perfect. Need to write, right? I need mean, to that's, write that one that's, down. Not, that's not a terrible answer. No. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Fun I am so confident wearing these clothes every day if I have to, <laughs> to be the person you need. I get, I'm consistent. <laughs> I actually had one of my, I hate to bring up the copiers again, one of my copier jobs, my boss would only let us wear white and blue. So, I mean, at some point I was, doing what Tyler was doing, but I was kind of forced to do that. So you might have fit in there a little bit. And ironically, uh, you work for a company whose colors are white and blue. Yeah, yeah. How familiar are you with Extron? Decently, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, I know we have to work with them. They wear the same clothes. Really? Every day. Like, they're, they're the sales folks and the engineers. It's like a navy pant yeah. and a 
and a blue, like Extron blue shirt with their logo on it. And it's either a polo version of that or a dress shirt version of that. That's it. Really? So in those and, instances, you wouldn't know. No, yeah, you, would, you would have no idea. I mean, and so there are guys at Extron, and a large majority of them actually have 15, 20, 25 years of tenure. Mm-hmm. We're in the same clothes for 20 years. Hopefully, new clothing. But Of course. We, we travel a bunch for work, so I've... It got makes, it down to a bit of a science. The sport coat lets you get away with wearing the same thing over and over. No, uh, and I guess that'd make getting ready in the morning a lot easier. You don't even have to think. Well, somebody told me think uh, about all the dry cleaning money you saved. Exactly. Somebody told me at one point that all of the suits for the president are all predefined or picked out or whatever, so they don't have to make that decision in the morning. I've wondered that too because they do look very similar all the time, but I don't know my suits. That must be pretty nice. <laughs> what I don't. I don't either. I'm sure they're not wearing cheap suits, but it would be super awesome just to walk in my closet and go, yeah, that's go. got a Monday sticker on it. <laughs> this is it. Maybe yeah. one day after we're, we're podcast nationalists. Right. You know? Once this one goes viral. I'm still viral. not wearing a yeah. suit, just to be clear. I'm telling you that. We'll get you a suit t-shirt. Shoot, suit t-shirt? Can, it, can we get it with a collar? Of course we can. Of course we've got to class oh. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about that level, we uh, can do anything we want. Just make it a onesie. Get you a whole slew. A of onesie. Them. Yeah. Somehow make it a onesie where it's just slacks and. <laughs> I have and I have two down. children in diapers, and the onesies snap in the crotch. So when you said onesie, all I could think was how, like how would I be putting the buttons together in my. He's having nightmares. Hey, man. if you're yeah, comfortable yeah. enough with it, man, don't don't let the functionality is something. I'm just yeah. uh, you know, is it the zip up from the ankle or is it the. I, had to, I just thing. had the Sorry. great idea for the next podcast. When you guys come back, we're all going to be wearing onesies. Yeah. Yes, okay, let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Logoed onesies. Of course. Yeah. I've got a few in my closet I can go ahead and bust out for this. So oh, <laughs> you, were, you were talking about the, the copier business. I dated a lady in high school for a couple of years whose a father. Lady? Oh, wow. Like, she was a sweet lady. Yeah. Man. I don't. What was she, like 12 years your senior? <laughs> she was my senior, but by a year. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah. She may end up seeing this, huh? Well, if she sees it, she's probably not going to like that you called her a lady I in high school. I think that's respectable. I, what, well, yeah, some people get lady. offended when you say boy or girl. Mm-hmm. I don't. So that's very true. Okay. You did a good. You I dated a, good a job woman. I don't. That doesn't sound Fair right. Enough. Yeah. Continue. I dated a female. That sounds bad too. I'm just trying not to come across as a jerk here. I dated a person in high there you school. Go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a real live person, which is hard to believe. Human being. Yeah. I, I dated a human being in high school, and her, her, their father uh, owned a copy business. Really? And they all wore the same thing: blue shirt, black khaki pants, every day with the logo on the shirt. And I always thought it was odd. Yeah. Where was this, or what was it? Isn't Stillwater? Stillwater, o- Oklahoma, okay. OSU. I yeah. You remember the name? Uh, Stillwater Business something. Business System Solutions. Yeah, I something mean, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like SBC or I, I can't remember. Maybe it was like pun intended, like copy. I'm wearing a copy of what uh, I wore yesterday. Maybe. I was told when I had to only wear blue and white is because I was young, out of college, and um, people it, it eliminated people judging you right off the bat, and you walked in because like I want I I would wear like pink, purple, weird pastel colors. And they stop that because they're like, you, you don't you don't have a choice when you walk in if people judge you or not. So that's why they man- mandated blue and white for us. So. Why do you think Robert has a beard? <laughs> yeah. His, his, sales, his sales were like this, 
and then the beard, and then they started to climb. It's uncanny. Yeah. Now they're falling again because it's so gray. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It makes you look experienced. <laughs> okay. So, uh, guys, tell us a little bit about New Line Interactive. We'll start with Tyler. So, New Line Interactive, we are, long story short, an interactive solutions company. At least that's what it was up until recently as we've expanded our product set. But long story short, we focus on making interactive flat panels as the cornerstone of our business. Right now in the large format, anything above 55, 65 inches, all the way up to a 98 inch for the time being. And focus on anything from the collaborative aspect on the all-in-one devices to just your standard interactive flat panels that you see in uh, classrooms and conference rooms and boardrooms. But we focus on the ease of use and not proprietary nature is sort of the cornerstone of what separates us from a lot of folks in the marketplace. But we uh, see ourselves as an interactive solutions company that is now adding software, non-touch displays, display management to push emergency management notifications out to schools and folks. So we've got the hardware as our cornerstone and now a lot of pieces built around it to help make this a, a full circle solutions company. Okay, great. And how long has New Line been around? So New Line has been, New Line Interactive has been around for about going on eight years now, roughly. It spun off from a, uh, a low tech side of the business, which was just New Line back at Chris and Kevin, our CEO started, uh, a static whiteboard company, you know, the old school whiteboards, dry erase boards, cork boards, and grew that from basically their living room to the second biggest contractor that in the nation, and then sold off the low part, low tech part of their business to then make New Line Interactive, which is now the high tech part, and that's whenever I had hopped on board, essentially, uh, right when it became New Line Interactive. Great, yeah. great. And it's, um, we see a lot of the reports, it's one of the fastest growing companies in the United States, <laughs> the world, or? It is, uh, both. So, uh, there's... Got to be careful not coming off too arrogant on this because we do have a lot of awards that we've won. We've every time September, about that. Yeah. Every time September comes around, I've talked to a lot of my friends and we get literally a lot of awards sent to our doorstep, like in packages. And it's kind of funny because now we have a trophy case and all this, and we've been kind of used to it. And I've talked to my friends over the years, and you know, some of them are business owners now. Chris and Kevin, a lot get, got to talk to a lot of their friends who are business owners as well, and they're like, "That's not normal. Like people <laughs> just grow." 4,000% essentially over a four-year span, and we're sitting here like, well, this is just kind of all we've known. So we've been very, very fortunate in that sense. But some of the accolades, uh, Tech Titans, I guess as far as a local one goes, the uh, North Texas region is a bit of a, as you guys well know, with y'all's growth. Uh, I don't want to say a miniature Silicon Valley, but just to kind of build context around it, it's a very fast-growing region for technology in particular. So to get some of these awards as a fastest-growing tech company in North Texas, is it's very cool for us. So one of them being the Inc. 5000 list, we were number 149 a couple years ago. Uh, very proud of that. This year, we're still on the Deloitte 500 list, which most folks, when you're on it one year, you know, you, you've had your growth and then usually fall off because other newer companies come in. Yeah, you're not share. seeing it year over year over year. Exactly. It's, you know, we kind of talk about it in our sales meetings. It's, it, it's not necessarily hard to grow just if you're coming off a $0 number, you know, statistics 101, but you can't fake revenue for three years. And that's where the Tech Titans Award um, three years ago, we got first. We were the fastest growing company in North Texas for technology. Um, in 2017, we were the second fastest growing. And in 2018, we were also the second fastest growing. And that's actually never been done in the Tech Titans history. There's never been a company placed in the top three back-to-back -back years, let alone placed in the top three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back years. And it wasn't even top three, it was top two. So just to kind of show the, the level of growth, that's what we've I've grown up in with the company and experienced, and it's been a 
a wild ride to say the least. So <laughs> sounds well, pretty impressive. Managing that growth. I mean, Robert and I have this conversation often as we grow. It's like, what's the next step? Like, what do we need to be doing? Where should we be heading? Even with our our you know minuscule twenty to thirty percent year over year growth, in which comparison. is still phenomenal. Yep. We, me and Robert were talking about that before we uh, turned the mics on, and that's. I mean, not want to say for an integrator like that that makes a big difference, but for you guys growing that much, it that, is, I that's mean, phenomenal. It, it is good for for an integrator, so to speak. It, it, from when you're on the service side, it's a little different. But when I hear numbers like we had uh, Mersive, and he was saying we grew 800 percent or something like that, I just 4,000 percent. Those numbers are reasonably unfathomable. It, you know, it's, it's like I went from selling one product a month to 8,000 or 4,000 products a month. I mean, yep. you know, when you're talking about it on scale, and I'm sure it wasn't quite like that, but... And it's just to see it grow from when it first started, it was uh, kind of funny, but me and Chris Bradford, our president, wake up... Well, first off, it was a lot like the copier day starting off. We were uh, we had to sell direct. So right now we're dedicated to the channel and don't do any direct sales, but starting out, if I was going to go come to Taurus early on in the days and say, hey, will you guys please sell our stuff? Like, okay, well what are your victories? You know, do you have any skins on the wall? Like, they'll no, we don't. <laughs> so we had to go get those victories first to talk about it. And it was a lot of the cutthroat like it is in the copier business. It was the team that we had at the time picking the biggest, shiniest buildings in downtown or in the uh, tech corridor in Richardson and do a lot of carnival barking in the bottom of the buildings. Go set up a touchscreen from the hours of 10 to 2 and just try to catch the lunch rush and hope and pray that someone comes to you on the way back from lunch and says, hey, can you come up to my office and give me a demo? I'm interested in this. That's kind of how we got our start. Got a few sales that way and then grew to where we had to go to the channel. So it was uh, waking up early in the morning, five in the morning, getting a U-Haul van, going to pick <laughs> our president up, who is, you know, leads from the front type, which is a huge reason to the success of our company. Pick him up in a U-Haul van with a gallon of coffee and drive all over the state of Texas just doing the Vanna White Act saying, hey, would you like to buy our touchscreen? Do you think you guys could sell this? And uh, grew to where we are now. So it was really not story. all funds and games. Yeah, and I can give the outsider's view because, I mean, I've been with New Line, what, five months now? Yeah. And one of the... You rookie. Know, rookie, yeah. Yeah, rookie. He's not even the greenest one. He's green, but we've, yeah. we've grown My since new guy card. Well, uh, no, I wrote the new guy card as long as I could. Yeah. Well, as you... When you grow at that pace, rooks don't stay rooks very long. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, we've hired... I think, uh, I think 11 or 12. 11 or 12 people this year. Yeah. And we're a company of 52 or 53, so that's... That's uh, very similar to us. Wow, that's, yeah. right. we're, uh, so, we're sharing so, a lot of the same here. So when you when you scale up, it's like, no, really, I'm like number 30 in line, but I've only been here five months. Yeah, yeah. We have, we have guys that are, you know, we hired last year who are veterans in comparison, so you're basically a veteran by now. Yep, yep, and I'll take it. But, um, but yeah, what I was saying is those awards he was mentioning in the, in the leadership like leading from the ground up um, is really one of the main reasons I came to New Line is, is those awards were telling me they were doing something right at New Line. And they were on the uphill growing and growing, and I wanted to get on that train. Um, just to Tyler's point, just want to kind of give some commentary on an on outsider's view of that. Very cool. I think of all of the, all the podcasts we do and all the vendors we talk to, the companies who are... Uh, structured that way where the leadership has an active role in either you know product development or product sales uh, those companies seem to do well faster and for a longer period of time yeah and and it's good to know that what i'm doing right now which is you know loading up 
65 inch display in a minivan and cruising on to Oklahoma or wherever it may be that my leaders have done it to. Um, so that it's reassuring for me. And so that does that make a difference for you? No, oh, yeah. knowing that it, it makes, it makes working for that leadership way easier when you know they have a vested interest and they understand what you are doing on a daily basis. So, so when somebody is like, Hey, I need you to load this display up and, and run up to Kansas real quick or wherever. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a, you tell me to jump, you say jump, I say how high that's kind of the motto we have as regional sales managers, which is a fancy title for, uh, uh, kind of catch off for our resellers, you know, sure. pre-sale, during the sale, post-sale, and with the end user. So, yeah, that's kind of our motto is you say jump. We have say you dropped high. a display yet? I actually have. Um, what? Yeah, Tyler didn't know that. <laughs> so, Tyler is my I, I, I report directly to Tyler, by the way. So, um, yeah, I actually have. It was out at a college campus. I hope I, the lens can see how red your face got. Yeah, <laughs> but listen, I pulled it off. You'd be proud of me. Let's hear it then. So, uh, I was around a group you of... You see I, how durable this display yeah, exactly. is? Exactly. That's so, what I'm yeah, waiting on. I was in, yeah. Didn't need duct tape or anything. So, I had an X6, you know, one with the cameras and microphone yeah. stuff. And I was unboxing the top by myself, which I usually can do. And I guess it caught the top of the display as I was trying to get it off and... It went, and it, and it hit the floor, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, Tyler's going to kill me. But uh, anyways, I lifted it up, and as soon as I saw it, wasn't nothing was wrong with it. I was like, this is part of the demo, by the way, and I plugged it in, turned it on, and it was still good to go. Oh. So oh. I, I pulled it off. Well, you were you sweating had, you had bullets, some good so. sales training, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 and we have good product. So I was like, I've oh. been with Tyler, and we've unboxed, and he does it so fast, it kind of scares me. Well, with his mechanical engineering background, he has some very – innovative ways to do that type of stuff whereas i'm kind of like yeah i've seen those innovative i'm all for being lazy (laughs) especially on that third demo of the day listen it's semantics it's not lazy it's working smart yeah Yeah. so what was i think it was ford with the assembly line he was saying if you uh you make something easier for yourself you're lazy but if you make something easier for everyone else you're a genius Mm -hmm. so i was kind of going with that whole method like that yeah Yeah. like that so um let's dive in a little bit about um, collaborative and touchscreen solutions like new line provides but let's take a look at it from a, from a whole standpoint. Where have you seen, or, or rather, let me pose the question of, we've had interactive solutions for many, many years. And in my opinion, I think that really kind of started around probably interactive projectors or interactive whiteboards. Yep. And uh, we've seen this large shift into interactive flat panel technology. So in your opinion, when do you think that that shift happened? So... There's a bunch of reports you can look at, and roughly around, I'd say the early to mid 2000s is when it really went to the interactive flat panel. So, you know, Smart and Promethean were the first two to really, at least kind of aging myself here when I stepped into the space and growing up through school, were the smart boards. You know, it's a bit of a generic name now. They were the first to do it. Is it a Kleenex? Is it a tissue? Is it a copy? Is it a Xerox? There you go. Exactly. I got it. I'm watching you. I really did not come here to talk about copiers. I promise. <laughs> oh, but you did. But but we're already there. The water's been breached. So so that's when that's what really started it all. The interactive whiteboards. Um, those came obviously with their own challenges, and that was about ninety. I think about ninety percent of the market share at one point was just interactive whiteboards. They just took over. And then that obviously there's a lot of pain points that come with that. The growth of a company and just a, a lot of items that go tail and tail with that. But then I would say like the late 90s, early 2000s is when some interactive flat panels kind of started to hit, but they were super expensive, super big and clunky toward the interactive whiteboards in most education spaces, which is where it took off, seemed to hold itself. And then really in about eight or so years ago was when it really started to 
to seem like a thing. Like, okay, this folks are ready to, I don't want to say abandon ship, but go to the next piece of technology. Interactive whiteboards have been around for 15 years now. Some of them are starting to get dated. These interactive flat panels are getting more cost effective and, and functional. So that was about the time we hopped in. Um, there was a few manufacturers that hopped in about the same time of the, as us. Don't want to say we're necessarily a little bit before our time, but we were definitely primed to, to help with the early adopter phase. And then now, um, in 2019, it is very much the early adopting phase is over and it's very much a steady state. So what do you think the leading factor? I mean, you mentioned cost, you mentioned aging product and, and increases or... Uh, and some bulkiness to the original stuff. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. I mean, what do you think the leading contributor to that initial growth was so, I, initially i just think cost because mm -hmm. that was we a know big flat one. panels were here and now they're you know they're much more affordable so uh, cost is a big one there's there's more to it than that but cost being the big one in the sense of these interactive whiteboards were primarily education focused so talking about the differences between education in the commercial space people can spend more on nicer better looking more functional products in the commercial space just because a lot of times the dollar amounts aren't there on the education space. Now that's changed over the years with a lot of bonds that have come out in the big states being Florida, Texas, California. I think Texas dumped some $12 billion into the education space about four or five years ago. So there were some schools I talked to, I think it was like SciFair in Houston that had a billion dollar operating budget as a high school. They literally had no idea how to spend a billion dollars and then wow. came out to a big football stadium was one way to go about doing and it. And you're but like, new line. I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I know a guy that has some uh, technology for you. I got a guy. But that really helped as a catalyst to, to promote folks to go to the next piece of technology, which as it goes, you know, economics, it, it drove the cost down to where now these are much more steady state. But cost being a big one just because it was very education focused. Now with new line, though, we came in as a corporate focused entity. We kind of thought the, the education space was cornered to an extent you know smart and promethean combined over had 90 percent of the market share but no one right. had really gone into the commercial space so that was the driving factor for that was there's nothing wrong with projectors in conference rooms you know some will agree or disagree but a laser pointer on a projection screen is a good way to go about presenting stuff but nowadays since the education market has dropped down prices since folks like us have gone into the corporate space a big necessity was non-proprietary you can't in the education space, you know, you're you're using smart, you're using their software, I'm going to live in that world. It's a, trying to do a bit of the halo effect, I think, kind of like uh, Apple did. You know, if you own a Mac laptop, well, you're obviously probably going to have an iPhone, iPad, iPod, everything. Same thing with Tesla. You know, they're doing, a, if you own a Tesla vehicle, and you're probably going to go buy the solar panels and take your rocket ship out to space one day whenever that happens. <laughs> the but capitalizing on the halo effect. Exactly. I've reserved, I've reserved my, my ticket. Probably. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and speaking of uh, Apple, I think the touchscreen phone, so the very first iPhone, I don't know, does anybody know the date it came out? But I think with the adoption of touchscreen rather than a physical... It's been 11 years, right? I'm going to say... So it kind of... six or seven? I think it was like 2007. I think so, too. So it kind of goes in line, though, with when the interactive flat panel market started going up as well. It, because yep. we... People are digital natives now. They're used to touchscreens. They're expecting touchscreens. And I think that the iPhone had a big, big, I guess, reason for or it helped contribution no, it did. to it. So. And because, plus the market was already primed because there were interactive whiteboards essentially all through schools. So, you know, growing up, a lot of folks, I wasn't one of them, but 
you had interactive whiteboards and smart boards in the classroom, but then you get to like the collegiate level or the yeah. corporate level and you've got nothing. You're going back to just standard projectors and laser pointers. So you're taking a bit of one step forward and two steps back as you've grown. So then they got those in the college and corporate spaces. But what really blew it up in the corporate space was folks like us, not to give us too many kudos, and there was a couple others out there that made it easy to use a non-proprietary. Yep. So in the corporate space, you don't want to shut down your business for a day like you do in a school to do professional development in the summer when you're not working and you could take time to have your employees come and learn new technology to use it to the full extent. Corporate space, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go shut down Merrill Lynch or UBS Financial or Taurus Technologies and the rate of all the growth you're having for a week to go through development on how to learn a new line touchscreen. So we came in and said we got to make it very easy to use and non-proprietary as the cornerstone of our business. And that method was one of the reasons we've had some of the success we've had in the corporate space. And then mind-blowing business model here. Whenever you make something easy to use that works with technology and is relatively future-proofed, you can also go sell that in the education space. Sure. So uh, let's talk about, uh, sorry, Corey, let's talk about that. Uh, you mentioned education several times, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of our viewers may not fully understand the applications that you can utilize this type of technology for outside of education. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we use them every day, K through 12, higher education and some training environments, even in the corporate space. But tell me a few ideas that people may not think about in the corporate space that aren't encompassing of those. So there's two things that come to mind there. The first broad comment is we talk about education space because that's just what most folks kind of gravitate towards. We're still a corporate entity at our cornerstone. We can get into more of that here later on. But one of the things I think that spawned from that was besides the ease of use and non-proprietary nature is in the corporate space, we're all still sort of teachers. It doesn't matter if you're Jason Garrett of the Cowboys, they use our technology. They're teaching that day. They're teaching how to win more football games to go hopefully win more postseason football games. The weathermen that use interactive technology like this, they are teachers as well. So when you think education, we're all essentially educators. I'm here on this podcast educating about new line interactive flat panels, whereas once we wrap this up, you guys are going to go educate on the technology side of the business and the sales side of the business. So there is that broad comment of we all are teachers in the sense of just teaching different subject matters. Is it algebra? Is it football? Is it weather? Is it how to increase sales? Is it Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoints, whatever? So there is the generic form there. Then where do you take it outside of that? There's plenty of applications outside of the box. Jordan and I were talking about, well, heck, the last few days, actually. So one of them I've seen some folks gravitating towards is a little bit of drone control. So a lot of folks are all talking about drones, you know, to fly these things all over the place and do digital mapping, whether it's for ranch land, whether it's for industrial engineers that need to go see what's up on the top of this pipe for their thermodynamic hydro plant or nuclear power plant. So the ability to have software interfaced with the hardware to be able to control these drones and fly them around essentially on a giant touchscreen, but then quickly be able to take snapshots of what's going on up in the air, mark it up live time, and then send that out to the folks that need the data. So really any application that can get information from point A to point B a lot quicker. Jordan's point was very good on the, the cell phones. You know, a lot of it you can do on your cell phone. Well, a lot of times folks are saying, gosh, I want this to be a lot bigger. So there's that. There's telemedicine for folks that don't want to go to the doctor's office and they want to have a, a clinical visit sitting at their house on their iPad. Well, the doctor could have an interactive flat panel in their office, mark it up, show your x-ray, show your post-rehab process, and you never even left your house. There's a lot of that starting to grow. Obviously, we're talking about this, the uh, Texas Tech Cadaver Lab, having a lot of small format interactive flat panels, medical grade to tie into a cadaver. So not only are you lock, watching this real time, you record that data, mark up live of here's the heart, here's the ventricles, here's what I need to go 
on my surgery for this, have it live as opposed to, you know, taking pictures with your smartphone, looking at it, then having to memorize it, go back to the, the classroom, write it down, chalkboard, whiteboard. So yeah. a few out of the box. There's plenty of them out there, though. Yeah. And, and outside of the, the corporate world or, you know, your typical conference room, you, you always have wayfinding um, that's actually being implemented in large campuses, um, interactive signage for retail as well. So, you know, you might, you might have actually used one. I know Dallas Airport, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport has interactive kiosks and things like that. So that's a whole other market, which um, we dabble in and, and look at. But that's more of the outside-of-the-box usage, I would say. And then the IoT. <coughs> IoT is always a big buzzword, the Internet yeah. of Things. So being able to tie into all the artificial intelligence that's out there nowadays. There's programs and protocol and cloud services out there. Heck, you guys are more experts on that than we are. But tying in... IOT sensors to the panels to be able to figure out that Jordan and Robert operate the best when it's 71 degrees in their office. So having an O2 sensor that whenever you realize it's 75 degrees, it can tie into the cloud. And then your interactive flat panel can essentially lower your blinds when it's getting too hot, when the sun's setting in the West and you're still in the office catching up on work or lower the temperature. Or when you walk up to the panel, it has a proximity sensor that knows your Jordan cameras that have the face recognition to know if you're in a DOD or Department of Justice, we're talking to some folks about that. They have very secure conference rooms. So if you uh, have a 10-person meeting and 11 people show up, well, the camera can recognize them that and say, hey, guys, there's an 11th person in here that's not supposed to, to be here. Let's quarantine the building. Yeah. Or for logistical, uh, this all spawned from a lot of the GPS tracking and truck drivers, You know, seeing where their employees were going and, and how to basically track to be more efficient on the road. Same thing in the commercial space. Okay, well, now we have a camera that, if you have a 10-person meeting room booked, but you only had four people show up, the camera can capture that, send it to the IT guru of the office and say, hey, man, you know, you booked a 10-person conference room. We needed two other people to have it. You could have done this in a four-person conference room. I think the thing that we get a request a lot about in, in that regard is, do I need five 10-person rooms? Do I need 10 four-person rooms? You know, yep. And they're using the analytics from this this information to determine in their next build out, do they need more huddle spaces? Do they need more large meeting spaces? Do they need medium conference rooms? And at what mix do they need those? Yep. Uh, that's it, something y'all play with a lot too, having to deal with that too, because that's something I'd be curious to pick apart your brains on is, you know, yeah, is quite it more a bit. huddle rooms, medium conference rooms, large conference rooms? Like where's the market migrating to with this data? You were talking about applications and it, it reminded me uh, the dental office I go to, they have, like, I don't know what you call them, just, like, cubicles, a, a chair, mm -hmm. a monitor, workstations for each of the hygienists and the dentists to use. And in each room, he has an interactive display at basically the foot of the chair with your record on it and all of your x-rays and all of that stuff. And they use that to go through all of your charting, to go over treatment plans or scheduling or whatever and I, they're using a a third-party dental related software but they're using an interactive display to navigate that real time in front of you instead of a computer behind your back yeah. even when it comes down to scheduling it's it's uh i didn't you would think i would notice i mean obviously i noticed i was there but it didn't occur to me that that was a use case where that particular dentist is providing a better service for me uh, through the use of that technology. And, and end, user, end user experience is 
really what it comes down to. Well, in the end user experience about. must be pretty good because it didn't occur to me that they were using a technology that I'm extremely familiar with. It was just like, oh, this is normal life, right? Instead of the previous dentist where yeah. I have to get up from the chair and go to another room and talk to this person about scheduling and go to another room to look at a monitor on somebody's desk to look at charts. Well, and this doctor is a teacher. The dentist is a teacher in this sense to what we're talking about earlier is they're just teaching you a little bit about your post-op and what you need to go about. And for these business owners, the forward-thinking ones anyway, it's a it's a way to get ahead of the competition because these are not, we're past the early adopting phase, but not everybody has these. I think one of the stats from Future Source is there's, what is it, 32 million conference rooms and how many are tapped? A million. Yeah. I think only a million. Three per, like 3% of all conference rooms globally don't have anything interactive in it, but that seems to be the way a lot of these folks are going. So it's a way for these other companies to add another level of service. Yeah. So. Well, I would love, you know, speaking of use case scenarios, uh, I would love to go into a doctor's office and in the, you know, when they, you wait in the waiting room for nine days and then they take you back and you wait in the tiny little really cold room mm -hmm. for another nine days. If you were back in that room, it would be really awesome if there was a monitor in there that maybe had cable television in one corner and then your chart or your history or some level of information. I'm sure it's a HIPAA violation, but <laughs> battle tanks or a fruit ninja or something yeah. well, while you're waiting there for nine days. I'm just saying like, you know, if you whatever you're in there for, maybe it's information related to that. Yeah. So that you can be reading about some of that information while you're waiting to be visited for 30 seconds by a doctor. Yeah. And see, that's a good point too, because I'm and I'm the worst at this. I think it's we're stereotyping guys on this, but going to the doctor's office, I ask zero questions. I want to get in. I want to get out. Yeah. Like that's that's your job, doc. Tell me what's wrong with me. Just if I need a prescription, give it to me. Get get the heck out of there. Yeah. Whereas now I force myself to go ask more questions and try to quiz them on what's going on so that way I'm better prepared to know what's going on but I don't know what to ask going into it I can get on WebMD or something like that ahead of time but to your point having my diagnosis my x-ray and what all's about to happen I could research ahead of time to know what to ask well and if it's interactive though you can get up from the chair and walk over and scroll through and what you know, is this right maybe it's a limited search subject they don't want you randomly searching everything on the internet but you know, giving you topics to read. Because right now, like when I visit the doctor, he literally hands me a stack of papers That's and he so was true. like, here, read this in your off time. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> it has a lifespan of a few hours before yeah. it's filed away. Well, half the time it ends up folded in half in the center console of my truck. And yeah. then six months later, I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. maybe I should have read that. Yeah. Or depending on if it hit the email button, if it's, if it's allowed and maybe overstepping my boundaries here but that's part of the talk track whenever we're selling these things is now mm -hmm. okay people are going to lose that they don't really want the hard copies anymore so go up here i've got my interactive stuff on the wall and i could just go hit email with all the notes on it when i'm done and i have my x-ray i've got here's my prescription here's i'm supposed to do post rehab at nine o'clock i've got to go do my stretches well i'm going to forget that i'm not going to take notes in the doctor's office but if we did that on a touch screen and then emailed it to myself when i'm talking to my significant other Hey, what the doctor say today? I've got no idea. Yeah. Well, wasn't it you telling me you've started recording all of those visits? Because yeah, I mean, Audra, Audra's asking you nine million questions when exactly. you exactly. That's uh, and, and you're like, like, if I say something wrong or leave something out, ah, I knew I should have gone a, and listened. Well, my and wife so. has started making me make a list before I go. She's like, "Do you have your list?" Uh. And I'm like, "I'm not a child." <laughs> she's like, "No, but you behave like one." Yeah. Where's your list? Yeah. I was uh, talking with a large, um, I won't say their name, but a large home loan uh, provider. 
And I will go into a lot of spaces when a customer is maybe having challenges with not necessarily the equipment, but but people using the equipment for what they've spent a lot of money on and what they want to accomplish with the equipment. And so I was listening to her talk about these rooms, and they're beautifully put together um, by someone else, but not by us. I'm, I'm there really to just consult and help. And she talked to me about video conferencing. They do a lot of web conferencing. They're heavy Teams users. There's Teams meetings scheduled for about six hours of the eight-hour workday in that room that we were meeting in. And so she's got this gorgeous large screen, flat panel, she's got a, a camera, microphone, speakers, touch interface for control. Um, and she says nobody really likes to, to use it. So instead what happens is they come in, they pull the phone out to the table, and they dial in, and then they plug their computer in, and then they show it up on the screen. And I said, okay, well, so with those people that come to the meetings, what, what are they doing? Are they, do they come with their materials? They come with laptops and phones? She's like, yeah, most of them will bring their own laptop. And uh, we don't know if they're actually in that meeting or multitasking yeah. or doing something else that they're there. And I said, okay, well, you need to think about this from three aspects. Um, the first one is you need to have engagement. So if people aren't engaged, then they're not absorbing. And then you need to, engagement will bring upon productivity. But before you get those two, you have to have it easy to use. So I explained to her, look, if you've got that in here and people don't know that you have it because there's no, there's no way to know it. So why don't we just, why don't we turn this into a touch interactive screen? And so now the people that are there working away on their laptops you're going up to the screen. You're drawing on this plan of action to, to roll out this new APR plan that you have for your customers. You're drawing on that. You're highlighting. You're interacting. You're asking Jan to close her computer lid and come up to the screen and do that. <clears throat> and her eyes just open up real big. I said, it's, re it's really easy. And it's, it's not a, a large investment. It, what you've just done right then in that single room is you've taken it from all of the issues that you just told me, which were basically everything works just fine, no one's engaged, and you've flip-flopped that by one change. And I think that that's what a lot of people are missing out on. And it's not just for that application. I think it's for a lot. A ton of people are going to be taking video-based meetings more and more year after year. I've seen the reports, you know, by 2022, some 89 or 80 some odd percent of meetings will be taken over the phone or over video mm -hmm. as opposed to in person like it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so you need to find a way to keep people engaged. I'm a victim of it. Uh, I can't say a victim, culprit of it. If I'm sitting at my desk and I have multiple monitors and I have a lot of things going on, that if I'm joined into a web session, unless someone is in that web session sharing content, pointing at something or drawing on something inside of a web session, I'm not always engaged, which means that the productivity isn't there, which means that that meeting will probably have to happen again. Exactly. Well, which means we wasted time and money. Yeah. Teaching meeting etiquette is, is a tough thing to do anyway. And I think with an interactive product, the more, the more you can get people involved in the meeting process, the better, because I don't know how many meetings I've attended that were internal or vendor related or customer related where there's somebody on a computer or on a phone and I'd bet dollars to donuts they're not engaged. Yeah. 
And so much to the point where I've actually stopped taking my laptop to meetings because it's a wild distraction for me. I, it, it's so easy for me to just be like, oh, an email. Oh, an email. Mm-hmm. Oh, this. I mean, it's, it's, and, and I feel kind of handicapped when I don't have my laptop because pretty much I don't know anything. Yep. And my laptop has all of the information, <laughs> which is what I love about the podcast and I hate about it is – if if I don't know, it's there for everybody to see. I can't just like hang on a second. Let me Google that. Or... Yeah. So I've just stopped taking my laptop to meetings unless it's absolutely imperative, because I found myself same way. I've just even if it's an engaging subject, if somebody's not being animated, somebody's not marking on a whiteboard, if somebody's not standing up in front of me, I'm not engaged. And then if I have a distraction, it's it's lights out. It's game over. I, so I can appreciate the interactive technology, and it's a, another uh, a, another method to keep people engaged that I didn't really consider before. Now, so yeah. that's a that's a huge deal. In, in your example, it was a home loan company. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is um, I have worked with a fire department. I think they had twelve locations um, here in North Texas, and. The reason they even engaged me was because the fire chief said, I want each station to have to get off their butts and participate <laughs> in their trainings and in their meetings. Because when you go to these fire stations, they're all different. And they have sofas and a TV and a webcam. And so they went interactive for the same type of, I guess, reason you just explained to get people up, engaged, and off their butts in meetings, basically. So There was something I was reading that was resonated with me that kind of ties into this, that just to build off your, your fireman example. So when you're hungry, it's based off an idea, you know, you have an idea in your head, but actually putting it to fruition. So the way they, they wrapped it up was, okay, well, when you're hungry, do you think about food or do you actually go eat? You think about food all you want. It's not going to fill you up. You actually got to get out and go make a sandwich. You got to go eat it. And then you won't be hungry. Same thing with these meetings nowadays. You can get distracted by so many of the things that are non-meeting related. So on the interactive side, in your analogy, getting the fire chief up to go go through the plan of here's when the building is about to fall down you know what do we do well we can sit here and just talk about it out loud or we can get up to the interactive flat panel write on it draw the path and then go practice it outside yep. military folks do a lot of that that's what the cowboys do with their football plays is what were you supposed to do on this play okay well now get up out of your chair go up there Dak, and go right exactly on the coverage circle the coverage I write don't it think down he has to do anything right now not I anymore i don't want to <laughs> yeah i don't want to say it's because of the interactive flat panels i don't know how much we weigh that in here but i think it's oh, a mixed man. bag you, of you guys heard baby. it here first that's it, the reason the cowboys are undefeated right one now. one of the many new line interactive was so kind we're as just to doing our part we're, yeah. we're helping out here man <laughs> yeah. you, you you mentioned thank uh, you for making Dak a better quarterback hey, I, yeah. i'm here that's what i'm here for yo it's jerry <laughs> when he bought your product he needs to buy some more uh, yeah. got, it, got it got it we'll, we'll send this if, over to him if, once if we're he's, done if he's listening you're talking to two Packers fans by the way oh okay oh. well I, I think you just screwed the pooch on yeah I know I had to say uh, I'm, a, I'm a converted <laughs> Cowboys fan now since they uh, I hopped on the bandwagon as soon as the check cleared I was like alright this is good for business I gotta get in there with them that I got to go meet everybody prior to my employment so I'm pretty sure whatever state you're in you're probably that fan I mean, let's, let's potentially. Get, did, didn't the cheerleaders? Potentially. Didn't the cheerleaders get one first? That's what started it. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was uh, the cheerleaders like those, bought an interactive whiteboard. So we actually used to manufacture the old school interactive whiteboards, and that's that's what I actually first was selling when I first got to Newline. I didn't 
I was trained on the interactive whiteboard. We had a touchscreen on the wall. I didn't touch the thing. I was frankly kind of afraid of it. I was like, I don't know what this thing is. Um, you sound like a lot of our customers. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And then now I've seen the light and we've made it painfully simple, but we learned on the interactive whiteboard. Well, the Cowboys, the I guess Cowgirls cheerleading team bought those and they would use them for basically literally critiquing the form on a lot of their routines. And then went out there, did a few trainings with them, and that spawned so do into... They, do they review, like, game footage? They, in a sense, yes. Uh, but a big thing for them, too, which is why they actually went from the interactive whiteboard and now bought the touchscreens from us on wheels, was for their, uh, their calendars that they put out. And they will have, you know, the calendar up on the interactive whiteboard and, you know, swipe through it, mark it up. Here's where you're going to be. You know, we need to use this picture, this pose. So, yes, they do watch game film on themselves, but they also do it for, like, the marketing side of what they have going on. Let me know if they need any consulting. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I go out there and make sure I do all the trainings for them. Just to, mm-hmm. It was my account. want to make sure they're taken care of. So Can you share the uh, the story about Jason Garrett and that other coach, like, adopting the technology? I think that's an actual valid point. Yeah, that's a good point. point. So, I guess don't want to drop any names here once Be this careful. does blow up and, the, and the, the Cowboys do uh, <laughs> listen to this. But Jerry. Yeah. It was probably one of the more intense presentations I've been in. You know, it's the Cowboys, okay? It's America's team. I was out, out they were at Valley Ranch still. So me and our company president went down there and had to give the whole presentation to him on big 84-inch interactive flat panel, 4K, weighed 250 pounds, wanted to bring that on site. So rented a trailer, brought it in the back of the, the van, set it up, and then Jason Garrett walked in. And I had to, it was just around Infocom a few years ago. So I had to move my flight because Coach Garrett said, hey, we got to be here on this day. You know, can you accommodate us? Like, yes. Okay. Of course. I absolutely <laughs> can. Uh, so changed my Infocom flight. And apparently he caught wind of that. So he walked in and said, hey, I'm Jason Garrett. I, you must be Tyler. Heard you had to change your flight for this. Appreciate you accommodating us. Let me go get the coaches. So well, thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. So I'm just at the bottom of this, uh, it's like a stadium seating, essentially one of their film rooms. And I think it was 32 coaches walked in. Assistant coaches, you know, apprentice coaches, everybody. I was like, that's a, that's a lot of folks to have on a coaching staff. And they all funneled in. And I don't, I forgot who it was, but someone, I guess, drew the short straw. I was like, all right, we're just going to ruffle this kid's feathers. You know, we're a bunch of coaches. Let's go, uh, let's go bust his chops a little bit. So one of them was talking about laser pointers on a projector. I won 50 state championships back in the day. And I, I learned on a projector and a laser pointer. So you better not be taking that away from me. I was like, well, and it kind of caught me off guard because all these coaches have what's called cowboy remotes. It's a little remote tied into their video server that they could look at video in their sleep. They could fast forward, rewind, play, pause, just a little customized remote called a cowboy remote that everyone uses. Well, it has a red laser on the bottom. Well, as you know, a red laser on a wall or a projector screen works, but when you have an infrared touch flat panel and this thing called physics and glass, it's not really the uh, most accommodating to lasers. So I had to tiptoe around that and say coach we're not taking this away from you you can still use your lasers you just got to go up to the green and you got to make sure you shine it straight onto the board and then i could tell it was a bit of a bit at that point but also there was some seriousness to it of there's a lot of coaches in there that are used to the way they do technology and they are very good predominant sports organization so we had to let these folks know and it's part of what we tell a lot of folks we deal with we're not trying to change the way you do business we're just trying to streamline in and add you a little bit add some more efficiency to your game, essentially. So that's where Jason turned around and said, hey, guys, this is the route that we're going. Okay, we're, we're getting these touch screens. This is, you know, hop on board or don't. And it turns out that's a bit of the gratifying side of the job is then we get to go do follow-ups and we see these old-school coaches that are up there annotating on game film, you know, using their finger because essentially all they had to do different instead of sitting down in their chair with the laser pointer in the back of the room to the points you talked about, they get up, front of the room, there's 
a bit of an art to it and books on it, being in the power position at the front of the room, walking side to side, keeping people's attention. So they adopted to it very quickly, but it was a, I was sweating bullets during that presentation. Just, <laughs> oh, I would imagine I, I'm so. Butchering, I'm butchering this. There's no way, because a red laser pointer is not going to work on the screen. I just need to show myself the door. <laughs> and the reason I want him to share that is because a lot of the kickback you get is from our predecessors when it wasn't easy to use. But as soon as we're able to make people feel more comfortable and actually, you know, the proof's in the pudding, and show them how easy it really is, they, they jump on board. So yeah, uh, I think cool. that's a unique story. It's a big obstacle we have to get over. Yeah. A lot of folks have been burned by some of our predecessors. It's too complicated, too cumbersome. We think these things cost $50,000 and I'm going to have to replace it five times. And it's going to take a six-week process just to do that. Well, we weren't the first guys to do this, but we are able to fix a lot of the headaches our predecessors created in the marketplace and seem to be doing well with it so far. That's a tough thing that even Robert and I struggle with is educating folks that it's not as bad as your perception is. And let me offer you the opportunity to come here, you know, in our facility, and we'll show you in person how we do it and what those, uh, how those streamlined processes, is, processes have helped our business. So our conference rooms are, you know, for us are our show facilities, but we use them every day for meetings. I mean, as a matter of fact, I was late to this podcast, unfortunately, because I was in a meeting in one of our conference rooms using our technology. Uh, had we not had that, that meeting would have probably gone longer and I would have been much later. Well, and then that ties into something we, we briefly hit earlier, and you guys can respect this, and it's a all about picking the right partner and the right manufacturer because at the end of the day, the end users, the folks that keep all of us in business, so we've got to service them. Well, we're a next level above that where we have to service our partners like Taurus, but also the end user as well. So there's you know the 11 minutes of hell that is getting ready for your typical meeting. There's all the consultants in the world came back and said, your typical hour-long meeting, there's about 11 minutes wasted, usually with technology and a lot of its meeting etiquette. Those can go hand in hand. If I'm going to video conference for an interview, and Robert did the conference room before you, and he took the USB camera off and plugged it into his laptop and unplugged an HDMI cable to get something plugged in here. And it, it, you go into the conference room for you, and it's a mess. Well, then there's 11 minutes wasted going to flag down Robert, who's chasing the ice cream truck. All right, where's that, where's that uh, USB camera? I've got to go hop on this interview. Well, then you'll end up late to the next one, and it keeps getting pushed out. I actually just did an interview where I was interviewing somebody, and he couldn't figure out how to get on video. Mm. And I think the first 17 minutes was <laughs> him saying, okay, hang on, I think I got it. No. We do that regularly. Yep. so And it was for an engineering position here. Mm. E. Yeah. And I got I real, got close, it. I, I got I real close got to it. going, you know what? We can just do it over the phone because I probably shouldn't say this. No, <laughs> well, but, the, but that it, ties it into not, the point. It was not a good look, unfortunately, and uh, he was just having a hard time. And, and But in a lot of that, too, it, it can be user error, which is something as a manufacturer, you've always got to make sure you handle very carefully. You know, can't say this is always user error, but a lot of times it is, at least with us. A lot of other manufacturers, they do make their stuff super complicated. So in this scenario, you know, if he was on his laptop trying to get video to work, okay, that's, that's one scenario. But if you're on an interactive flat panel with a lot of moving parts, sometimes the manufacturers and technology can set you up for failure. So for the folks that are having perfect meetings like we always do at New Line. We'd never have any issues whatsoever. <laughs> uh, that means there's folks having 22 minutes of hell to keep that average at 11. So that's something we do take a lot of pride in is you got to make the stuff simple and that's where the all-in-one solutions or for setups like this, we fingers crossed, we've had zero issues with any of the technology and all the moving parts going on here because when you pick the right 
manufacturer and the right partner to set the stuff up. And kudos to you guys. You actually use the technology. You have some of our stuff in your conference room. I've seen folks use it. We've used it for demos. We use our stuff every single day in our conference room as real-world scenarios to yep. record national sales meetings every Monday morning when we dial the team in. So some folks do that, some folks don't. But those that use the technology and try to make it easy to use and not proprietary to eliminate that 11 minutes is going to have the most success. And yep. a lot of it's meeting etiquette, too. We're actually getting ready to overhaul that room. Yeah, so yeah. I hear. And uh, I got shaken down for a... Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So you, you wait to get me on the podcast to go ahead and bring this yeah, up. Yeah, so we're, all remember Pictionary so, next podcast. Yeah. That's what's on the line. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. We're, yeah, we're yeah. raising the stakes here. And yeah. hey, who, who called us CEO proof or said we CEO proof the display? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Merrill Lynch. Yeah. It's one of our national yeah, partners. That's pretty, Merrill that's Lynch. a good name to have CEO proof. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where um, in the middle of the presentation, one of the, the guys was like, okay, well, you just CEO proofed this. I kind of took a step back. I was like, okay, what does that mean? I said, you made it so the CEO, the one making the decision on this that has not been to any presentation because they're doing other CEO things, they just want the technology to work. They want to come in with no training, no special pin, no special stylus that's going to make them look dumb in the middle of their presentation when it dies or something. They want to make it quick and easy, and that was one of the best compliments I think we've got. We tell a lot of folks that, yeah, we've CEO-proofed this to where folks that don't really deal with technology, they just want it to work. Like same we were talking about nurses earlier. Nurses to date are probably the most abusive people to technology I've ever come across, like hands down. <laughs> and granted, the environment and stress. I was going to say you gotta you, you gotta give like fifty percent of that to the environment they're in. Exactly at one hundred percent. So which is where that's the world we play in is we got to make our technology not only suit the end user but suit the environment. And those are two extreme end users and environments roped in together. So they don't need to be messing with technology in the middle of multiple open heart surgeries. They need the stuff to just work. So that's part of our whole spiel when it comes to the manufacturing side of what we do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's just about all the time we have for today. Um, we do want uh, the viewers and listeners out there to know that we would love to talk to you more about New Line Interactive and collaborative and interactive screens. We show some here. Um, these guys would be happy to come out and visit with you as well. Not all interactive flat panels are created equal. There's a lot of different size ranges, a lot of technologies within them. Uh, that make them game changers. So for more information on New Line, you can visit them at newline-interactive.com. And please let us know if you'd like to hear more about them. You can email Taurus at info at We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Jordan and Tyler. Thank you, uh, guys. Great having you. you guys on. We will have a follow-up podcast with these guys. We're going to play a fun uh, Pictionary game on one of their interactive flat panel technologies so you can see it firsthand. Awesome. So wait, can you, uh, can you bring that here on a cart and we can set it up? I think room? I think I know a guy that could uh, accomplish that. Figure that yes. out. Yeah, yeah. We have, Tyler's we have, left-handed, so he's <laughs> gonna have to sit over the hair on that side. Exactly. Over here. Yeah. We have a trailer you yeah. can use. Nah, I We're got good. it. This is a table I, of I, learned people. I prefer people. my soccer mom minivan that I, I get to drive. I, oh. I, I think I think I pull it off good. So, yeah. yeah. I know you do. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Oh, you know I do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks everybody for your time. Thank you guys. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thanks.